So in this week's show, we have special guest, our previous co-host, Ryan Radigan. He's going to be sharing about his new endeavor. It has to do with curanderos. In Spanish, curandero means faith healer. Tell us a little bit about the program and, and how did you get involved? Well, yeah, my understanding is, is that curandero uh, uh, and curandera, curanderismo means uh, healer. And it's uh, associated with a tradition um, that uh, is practiced within South America, Mexico, and in the southern parts of the United States. I have been interested in shamanism for quite some time, and I came across this uh, program when I was looking for a community to, uh, looking at different communities to check out throughout the country. And the woman who is running the program or teaching this, the school, um, there, her and her partner, her husband, are getting ready to start a, uh, a community that's going to be specifically for healers and shamans and, and people who, who practice in that realm. And their plan is to uh, basically have a community where people can come uh, for more in-depth uh, uh, healing, uh, where uh, you know a, a full program would be involved in terms of diet and, um, and that type of stuff. So that's how I found the school. Uh, we meet we meet um, one week in the month for ten months, and it's uh, it's me and ten um, other people that are involved in the program. As far as the tradition goes, it's from my understanding, it's a it's a tradition that's combined elements from all kinds of traditions, uh, both from South America and from Europe. Uh, so there's there's uh, there's three three main components involved: uh, mental, physical, and spiritual. And at different parts of uh, the Kirandarismo training involve working with those different aspects of the, of the uh, for the for the patient or for the client. So it's it's a holistic approach to healing um, and the uh, the spiritual elements uh, for some for some Kiranderos and Kiranderas is um, combined with uh, some elements of the Catholic faith. Within a lot of uh, different shamanistic practices, one one aspect, one of the main aspects of it is is, is uh, the the belief that that uh, the shaman is is a vessel for for spirits, and the spirits are are uh, are doing most of the most of the healing. Uh, so, in most shamanic traditions, before the healing occurs, the shaman or shamaness, or the kirandera, or kirandera, will call on spirits um, to assist in, in the healing. Uh, another aspect of it is the knowledge or belief that the body is, is basically all energy, and um, as a result, the, the human body has an energy field or an auric field that surrounds it. And the belief within these traditions is that, is that um, uh, in time, in life, there, you could have you could have traumas, and these traumas impact the the energetic field. And if the energetic field is out of balance, it can lead to uh, diseases. So a part of the a part of it is is also working on sensing where those imbalances may be, and and working with the spirits um, and also the energy of the healer to to um, rebalance the, those fields. The reason I, I bring up. Uh Mexican culture is that um, this is very complicated. Like, you know, the Spanish came and they um, repressed the Native American religion. So then uh, a combination of, of both religions went underground and it was, you know, Catholic superstition with the saints and the healing practices in relation to uh, 
uh, medieval um, European culture, and then it was fused with uh, Native American spirituality and using herbs and stuff like that. So when I grew up in Mexico, one of the most common ways to be healed is through the use of an egg. You rub the egg around your body and you say certain prayers, break the egg if it's um, if it doesn't fall apart, that means that somebody gave you the evil eye. And then I found out that that actually comes from Morocco. And it's a tradition that is throughout the Mediterranean. So somehow it made it to Mexico and it was appropriated. In modern Mexico, it's seen as, as like taboo to go to a curandero as compared to going to a doctor. And I know that lately people who are more holistic and, and even social workers and psychologists are, are more open to tapping into either Native American spirituality or indigenous spirituality. When you're dealing with these realms, there's there's all kinds of all, all types of different levels associated with it. So um, I can tell you that what I'm what I'm studying with with this Kirandera is is a lot more sophisticated than, than some of the things that you just described. Um, with respect to you know the calling on saints or the calling on spirits um, in Western culture, that's viewed as a, kind of a superstitious thing to to do. Uh, but I can tell you that within these traditions, it's it's not seen as a superstitious thing, and and part of part of the 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 reason why these these healing modalities are effective is is because the the person who's involved also also um, has an affinity with with um, the belief that that there are there are realms there are there are unseen realms that uh, Western science is just now just now beginning to. To understand through the study of quantum physics and quantum mechanics, the idea of spirits helping and healing has been around for for a very long time. Um, I, th- I think that within these folk medicine practices, which which uh, elements of curanderismo are 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 a part of, you can have you can have uh, you know certain practices that have been handed down from generation to generation that that are really only a, a, a small portion of, of the larger the larger picture. As an example, one of the things that we want, I'll just give you an example of, of a, com- a common thing that would occur if you were to go see a curandera or a curandero. The first thing is to what they call open sacred space. And that is um, uh, traditionally within the indigenous cultures that involves calling on the four directions. And, and, um, and so, you know, north, south, west, and east. And then also calling on on the uh, the shamans or the Kirandero or the Kirandera's uh, spirit guides or help or spirit helpers, and so that's that's how that how it would begin. And then from there, uh, within this tradition, uh, one one of the main elements within this tradition is what's called uh, the rebalancing or the healing of the Olympias. And Olympia Olympias is a is a, another word for the chakras. The chakras are energy centers that exist within the body, and that over time can can become imbalanced and. It, those imbalances can manifest in, in different diseases. So the, the basic idea is, is that instead of treating the conditions or treating the symptoms, which is what uh, pharmaceutical Western science is involved in, Western medicine is involved in, what the curandera, the shaman, is, is doing is healing at a deeper spiritual level. Because a lot of, we, we know that, and even within Western science, we understand that that certain traumas in life can lead to, if they're if they're not healed, can lead to actual sickness and disease. And so, a part of a part of this practice is to is is for the curandero, the curandero, the shaman to 
be able to sense and see where these imbalances are occurring and working with their spirit with their energy and with the spirit the, the energy of their of their of their spirit guides to clear that that block that exists within the energy field so as to bring the body into rebalance so it's a little bit more sophisticated than than maybe some of the than maybe what's handed down from families to family with you know like like you had mentioned rubbing an egg on you uh, but we know, even within Western medical science, we know that there is a there is a huge impact associated with the power of, of prayer and healing. And in my study of this, I've, I've been studying this for quite some time. In my study of this, there's a lot of the evidence for its effectiveness is is from the people themselves, the people who have who have experienced amazing amazing healings, uh, visiting shamans or working with caranderos or caranderas. Um, and I think that. Within Western medical science and within Western philosophy in general, in in the Western in Western man's attempt to throw away spirit and throw away God, we've also thrown away these ancient traditions that have been with humans for for thousands and thousands of years. Kirindarismo uh, has its roots in the Nagamaya tradition, and the Nagamaya, according to a lot of scholars, received their knowledge from from this uh, from the same source as the uh, the uh, the Vedas. The Vedic, the Vedic scriptures, which is the the foundation of the Ayurvedic system, uh, which 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 also works with the chakras and works with uh, medicinal plants for healing. So I th- I think that both both Western science, Western medical science, and Western medical practice, and this um, and these ancient traditions uh, can both learn from each other. Uh, and I and in in our in our the couple classes that we have had, we've discussed how in in certain situations it's it's required for the curandero the curandero to to suggest that a um, a patient go see a, a, a you know a Western physician if if the if the symptoms and, and the issue is is something that they believe would be better handled by Western medical science and um, related to that the the man that uh, uh, this woman worked with her name is Athena Wolf she's the one that's leading the the Escuela, she's been practicing as a Carandera for like almost 30 years now. A guy by the name of Alberto Villodo, what he was a he was a he was a professor and a and a, and a, a doctor um, who specialized in uh, mental health, mental and emotional health, um, and and mental illness and mental conditions. And in his studies as a Western, uh, as a you know as a Western doctor, he was not he was not really impressed with with their ability to understand these these psychological and psychosomatic diseases that that western medical science really isn't and western medical practice really hasn't been able to grasp you know you know this, the current paradigm is to is to give somebody some type of a you know some type of a pharmaceutical or psych- psychotropic uh, which is 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 meant to bring balance back to the the brain chemistry anyway he's in his in his studies he wasn't really impressed with the effectiveness of it, and that led him down to Peru. And he experienced some pretty, pretty amazing wild things down there, which is common in this realm. And that led him to uh, quit his, uh, to actually leave his uh, professorship, at one one of the ma- big universities in California. And he he spent a good twelve years studying with a, a Peruvian shaman and learned a lot about the the uh, the energetic or auric field of the body. And if anybody's interested in this, there's a book called Shaman Healer Sage, and it's by Alberto Velodo. And, uh, he kind of talks about his experience going from, uh, you know, a Western perspective of these diseases to a um, shamanic perspective. And 
and he also shares stories of some pretty incredible healings that he witnessed himself and and also um, has witnessed in his own practice so I think that it's 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 easy to say that this is all superstition but uh, in my experience there's there's uh, a lot more to it than that and I think that both traditions can learn from each other well, there's an article on, on the in the Guardian uh, where scientists at John Hopkins University in Baltimore have enlisted religious leaders to partake of psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, and they're trying to to see if they'll have more profound mystical experiences. If they were enlisting people who who use that in the religious practice, then it would be a more clear way to see how that impacts the, the, the religious and, and spiritual journeys as compared to bringing a rabbi, a Catholic priest, and a, a Buddhist teacher and incorporating the, the magic mushrooms into it. And I know we've done shows about how maybe all religions have been influenced by psychedelic mushrooms. You mentioned the using herbs to, to help people uh, heal their traumas. In what you've learned so far, what different types of plants or fungi have been discussed and how are they used okay so within within what i'm doing uh we're not working with with the uh, what's known as the sacred plant medicines uh we are we're, we're mainly focusing right now on on um uh working with the auric field and the chakras and the limpias uh, with respect to with respect to herbs you know all these different plants have been used for used by humans for healing for for a long time, a really long time. This this um, this tradition, uh, Kirandarismo, has its roots in a tradition that's that goes back to that that goes back forty thousand years. And and then you know if you, if you think about Western pharmaceuticals, uh, they all have their they, most of those most of most pharmaceuticals have their have their basis in some type of, uh, of plant. And, and what they do is in, in order to sell and patent, they have to, they have to extract, uh, basically they have to, they have to extract certain, certain parts of the plant, uh, in order to patent it and, and sell it within, within this tradition, the, the healers and, and the herbalists are using the whole plant, not just, uh, not just the one aspect of it. And, the reason why these herbs are as effective as they are is because the body, the human body, knows what to do with them. Because the you know our ancestors have have been exposed to these to these different plants for for thousands of years. So the body knows what to do with them, and uh, and it and it can lead to um, some real real changes in a person's health. Related to that is the use of of entheogens or psychedelics. And entheogen is uh, is what's known as, or the word means God manifesting. Uh, psychedelic uh, means soul or mind manifesting. And basically, the the reason why these plants are powerful within these traditions is that they bring the the whole body, the whole mind, the whole spirit into an awareness of their soul or spirit's connection to the divine or the infinite or God or, or however, whatever, whatever your understanding is of those, of those realms, these, these plants have the ability to, to bring you in direct contact with it. And so that's why within a lot of different religions, if you trace them back far enough, you'll find that there's a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of evidence to suggest that many of these traditions began with the use, the ritualistic use of these powerful plant medicines. Um, so within within the tradition of Kirandarismo, there are there are Kiranderos and Kiranderas that work with peyote, ayahuasca. Um, there are there are also shamans who work with um, uh, different psilocybin mushrooms in South America. 
Uh, you have the Siberian shamans who work with Amanita muscaria. Um, and then, you know, you, you had mentioned our, uh, the, 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 uh, the discussion we had about um, the role of the possible role of Amanita muscaria within the early Christian, early Christian cult. I think it's interesting that, that, you know, modern science is starting to really look into this. You know, modern science was looking into this pretty hardcore up until these different psychedelics became illegal. And I, I think it's interesting to, I would, I'm, I'm interested to see exactly what, what the experiences of these, of the Catholic priests and the rabbi and the Buddhist monk are in my, in my, what I'm, what I'm, what I would expect is that it would bring them into an actual experiential knowledge of what they what they already believe, um, a deeper a deeper knowledge of it, which seems to be what these plants engender. Within these traditions, the the experience of that resets a lot of different things within the body. So if your consciousness changes about what you, who and what you actually are, and you're and you're able to experience that and relate to it in a deeper, more profound way. That has huge impacts on the entire body in all its systems, which over time can lead to to more health. And it's not like a it's not going to fix you automatically or completely. But what it does is is it it has a tendency to shift your perspective and start to make different decisions, which over time can lead to more healthy decisions and then and better health. And I would like to do future shows with you where we discuss the use of opiates by early psychiatrists when they were trying to assess um, different types of illnesses that people have, mental health struggles. And But I want to discuss with you, you know, I feel that the media is kind of exploiting these sacred traditions and not really giving people all the information. There's a television uh, program that had a similar... Uh, situation is four Australian uh, reporters went to a shaman in um, Colorado and he had lived in the Amazon for 12 years and he was doing uh, some um, Icaros, um, you know, the Amazonian. So he was doing chanting, but he told them, go buy some um, cannabis uh, brownies, eat them, and then come to my session. And he was just chanting and talking for, for hours. And one of the young men had had previous um, bad episodes with, with cannabis. He's, he mentioned that he gets very paranoid and, and he's, his heart starts racing. He went ahead and tried it, passed out, and then they were afraid that he was going to start having seizures. Lisa Ling went to the Amazons with four veterans who were struggling with PTSD and the same thing, you know, people are throwing up and, and convulsing. And I, I understand that people are willing to go through extreme me measures to deal with their, their pain. But is there like a, a fear that someone might uh, have a bad trip and, and might get injured in the process? Uh, does that ever come into consideration? Oh, yeah. That's always a possibility when dealing with these with these uh, with these powerful plants. Um, so, yeah, with. With respect to to ayahuasca, uh, or well, let's start with cannabis. Um, you know, it's cannabis is a is a powerful plant as well. Um, I that the, when you sent me that link, that's the first time I had, I had ever heard of a, a cannabis shaman. But, but you know, with respect to cannabis, it, it depends on what what type of strain you get, uh, um, how how much THC is in is in the strain. Um, if you're eating a brownie, it depends on how many how many milligrams of THC are in it. There's so many there's so many variables that can affect what type of an experience you have. And and with these plant medicines, your psychology or what's known as your mindset 
plays a big role. And then also um, the setting. What's your reason for, for being there? Um, are you being, are you surrounded by, by people who are, who are loving, kind and peaceful or, or are you, um, in, in some dumpy apartment somewhere? Like all these things have an impact on the experience that somebody has. And I think that you're right in, in, with respect to, to making the point that, that in Western media and also just in, in Western practice in general, we have a tendency to abuse these things and not to use them in what I would, in what I would view as a, a, a proper, proper method. Um, so yeah, you, you know, you have stories of people who have uh, who have really bad trips. Uh, that's definitely a part of it. It it, it usually has to do with the uh, the psychology of the person that's involved. Um, a real good shaman or a real good group of people or sh- a group of shamans that are offering these medicines would sit down with the person beforehand and 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 basically go basically get it basically provide or ask questions like similar to what you might be asked for a psychological test to see you know where you're at uh, to see if you might have a predisposition towards schizophrenia or some of these other severe mental illnesses and uh, and what happens is is people hear about the power of these plants and they think well i need to be healed so i'm going to go i'm going to go do this and what what happens sometimes is they get they go to the wrong shaman or they go to somebody who who um who mixes other things in with the in with the medicine and uh that that usually can that, that can result in a bad trip What's interesting about the issue of a, of, a, of a bad trip is that when you talk to people afterwards, after they've had some time to process the experience, what my experience has been is that they will tell you that even though it was a quote-unquote bad or traumatic trip, they did experience healing from it. And a lot of times the, the realization as to what the healing was occurs later, and it's usually, a psycho, it's usually psychological. So um, with respect to veterans and ayahuasca, I could give you a personal example. My brother just got out of the military uh, a few months ago and uh we were up in we i was up in minnesota with him at a family property and we were just we had a little retreat together and and anyway while he was up there he was invited by one of his friends to go down to peru to partake in an ayahuasca ceremony his friend is inviting other friends to do this because he went down there and had a really really healing experience um and my brother was his his uh he was in the u.s army he was an army ranger um, and he was a part of the 11 Bravo, which is the special ops uh, division of the Army Rangers. Um, and he, all his tours were in Afghanistan. And they were night missions. And basically what they were doing is they were raiding villages, raiding homes, looking for the quote-unquote terrorists. So as you can imagine, the experiences of those, of those soldiers is, is incredibly traumatic. The, the modern approach is to diagnose them with some type of illness and give them some type of psychotropic pharmaceutical, which basically numbs them out enough to where they can kind of get by. But it's not, it's not a healing thing. It's not healing at all. Um, in fact, it can actually cause more, more problems. And as we know, a lot of these drugs can lead to suicide. Anyway, my brother, my brother was initially reluctant uh, as as one should be before they approach any of these medicines. Due, just due to my knowledge of ayahuasca, I've never I've never done it myself. But due to my knowledge of it and studying of it, I was able to you know tell him like here's the common experiences and here's what you can expect. And so he, he ultimately decided to to go down. And what was interesting is is that as soon as he decided to go down, the medicine started working on it working on him already. So within and related to that, within these traditions, uh, um, ayahuasca is, is seen to have its own spirit. You had mentioned animism earlier. So within these traditions, um, the plants are seen to have their own spirit, their own consciousness. 
and they are they are known to be able to know what to do or know what the person needs for healing. So some people need what I like to call a big kick in the head or a slap in the face. Some people need need a more loving, mystical, or embracing experience. So depending on the person's psychology and their life traumas, you're going to have the whole range of different experiences with these plants. So my brother went down with one of his other friends, um, and this this friend that invited him is doing a he's doing a documentary about the the positive the positive experiences that different veterans have had suffering from PTSD with this with ayahuasca and other sacred plant medicines. And so his his trip was paid for. He went down with one of his other friends, and um, so my brother had my brother had a very uh, it was they had they had uh, four different nights or four nights in a row with ayahuasca. Um, one of the one of the common things that happens with ayahuasca is what they call the purge. And uh, basically, what the ayahuasca does is it's purging deep toxins from your body. It has that special property, and actually, it's required that in order to have like a really good experience, that that the purge occurs. So the purge is a part of part of the healing experience with ayahuasca. And uh, anyway, my my brother had a very very incredible healing, loving, embracing experience with ayahuasca, and his friend had had a very uh, traumatic one. And then talking to his friend afterwards, his friend was like, yeah, it was, you know, ayahuasca showed me a lot of, a lot of things that I needed to see and it was painful, but, but overall the experience was good. So it, like anything else, like anything else within our culture, things are, things are heightened, things are exaggerated, things are demonized, whatever else. And usually it's done by people who don't have a clue about what they're talking about <laughs> or who have never experienced anything like it themselves. And, and, um, you know, that's not to say that these, these medicines are a cure all for everything, but, but they, they can be very effective at, at bringing, at, at, um, bringing people to a new, a new space. And from there, they're able to, 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 to basically allow their bodies to heal themselves, and and the most important thing is is the realization that that in order to have health, we need to take care of ourselves, and and these plants kind of provide people with an impetus to do that. Um, um, so yeah, it's 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 the, they're they're powerful and they're mystical and and. Um, and yeah, good and bad trips are are all a part of it. <laughs> well, we would like to uh, have you back on the show. Maybe um, I don't know if you're blogging about your experience, but it would be great to follow you through uh, your training. And then, if you can, please ask. Um, I'm gonna see if it's possible for me to come visit you or m meet um, your teachers and actually do like a little actual like video documentary because I want to explore more. You know the influence of. Um, all different types of healing modes into spirituality and religion and then how is it uh, impacting people because when it's all said and done is it having a positive effect like and actually be objective about it because like we were talking you know people can exploit it either way and when it's all said and done um, you know we want to make sure that the people um, who are having these experiences have a, a platform for them to share um, and also, you know, I want to discuss with you further in, uh, in other shows, um, what has the legalization of marijuana, what's the impact that it's had on people, 
are people having good experiences? Is it being exploited? Uh, stuff that you and I talked about before, but um, uh, I'm very happy that, that you're pursuing um, um, this and that uh, it so far has been a good experience. Yeah, it's it's been a great experience, and uh, when you when you tap into these realms, a lot of wild things begin to happen, <laughs> and uh, um, it's a beautiful, very beautiful thing. And yeah, and, I, and I'm happy to happy to talk about all that. It's all really really important stuff to talk about.